tweet at SFM Radio and at Aldrin Simpia. It is 18 minutes before 4 o'clock in conversation next with Mielani Horeni, who is a Group Chief Advisor at Ndiso Consulting. So earlier on, the Minister of Finance, Inokotongwane, lamented the fact that the country's debt government debt that is is high he said that gross debt stock is projected to increase from 4.7 trillion 4.7 trillion in this financial year to 5.84 trillion in uh, the 2025-2026 financial year and goes on to say that uh, this debt is high our debt service costs are also too high and that de- debt service costs are projected to average at around 366.8 billion rand annually over the medium term, reaching 397.1 billion in 2025-2026. Mielani Holini now joining us on the line. Mielani, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Um, if you were to score the minister, how much would you give him with this uh, budget? Ten. I, I'd give him a, a fair six and a half. A six and a half. Uh, the, the, the half is for him presenting a speech which is uh, straight to the point, which is clear and is at least uh, well balanced. So, so I think he's done really well to balance, you know, the, the speech, mm-hmm. to be able to get, you know, all the important items that uh, are out there and having to deal with the big issues of energy. I think, you know, it's something that uh, it shows that uh, they are really serious about uh, addressing the energy crisis. And the 3.5? Well, the 3.5 goes into the other aspects of having to balance the fact that uh, you need to shield consumers from increases or adverse increases especially around this time. Uh, so you need to make sure that uh, the uh, the taxes that uh, are being uh, put forward uh, do not harm uh, the very uh, recovery of the economy mm-hmm. as well as individuals uh, that is required. But the other aspect as well is to have a business-friendly uh, budget which allows uh, business to be able to carry on and uh, start investments and have certainty uh, that government is really behind uh, the infrastructure program, is really behind the energy program, is really behind uh, the major projects that must come forward. And and they are also putting their money into developing uh, uh, social infrastructure, such as the hospitals that they were talking about, which is aimed uh, to to relieve relieve at least the health issues there, as well as on the disaster side where they are trying to please push uh, a ready fund uh, to, to manage any kind of disasters such as the pandemic that they we've seen. So on, on the tax revenue side, for instance, collections are expected to exceed uh, by $93.7 billion from the last estimate of um, $10.3 billion. Sorry, of the last, or rather the last estimate during the mm-hmm. medium-term budget speech. But now, considering that we have all of these, um, all of these reliefs, tax reliefs, whether it is in the energy sector for individuals or households when it comes to um, solar, how would that then impact um, the ability of the fiscus to actually generate such an income of 1.69 trillion, when on the other end as well, income tax, for instance, is not increasing? So, so actually, this is a wonderful balancing act because the, the efficiencies that have come through from the collection machinery of stars is proving at least that it's worthy of even the investments that he has announced and further investments that are going into the uh, uh, improvement of the collections. So that kind of a windfall uh, is one that is able to subsidize the uh, uh, lack of increases in the taxes, uh, but 
if you then go into the fact that you are in, subsidizing, for instance, the solar panels, mm-hmm. you're keeping the lights on, chances are that you're also keeping the small businesses on which are operating from mm-hmm. the household. So that means from a tax point of view, those businesses, if they do well uh, from turnover point of view, the chances are that that money goes back into the fiscus and they are able to uh, then uh, pay it back as tax, and so it reinvests. And that is, I think, you know, one of uh, the witty things that uh, this, uh, is being done from a national treasury point of view. Uh, earlier we spoke, uh, for instance, about, you know, you can burn diesel for ESCOM, but it doesn't give you much. But if the finance minister uh, goes into investing in microgrids within municipalities, you help municipalities to also protect their revenue. So in this case, this is about individuals protecting uh, their revenues, business protecting their revenues, and being able to pay more taxes, uh, which at least grows the system even further. So, so that is the balancing act, which I think you know has been quite clever uh, from the point of the number crunching. Okay, and then on the list of SOEs that are considered non-strategic, and I, was, I remember saying this on the show as well, that back in 2018, when um, the minister, I think it was Tito Mboweni, if I'm not mistaken, or 2019, when he mentioned that government would be going into this process of trying to identify non-strategic SOEs and um, get rid of those, we still don't have a list as yet. However, though, SAA still remains part clearly part of the list that is considered to be strategic and them getting that $1 billion. What do you make of that? Well, I think the likes of SAA, there is in part uh, sentiment, Audrey. And I think the sentiment says that if you have a national carrier, there are benefits that uh, uh, can accrue to you from a tourism point of view. But we need to make our tourism uh, uh, attractions, strategies, mm. and incentives much more coherent. If they are going to be tied around the SAA uh, offering, then I think let's throw in more money. But if SAA is being given money just to stay afloat, I think then we're missing the point. So on the issue of SOCs, uh, on the last count, there's over 700 SO- SOCs within government, whether at provincial level, whether at national level, across the board, which absolutely does not make sense because some of those uh, SOCs are, are just literally there because of whether the, 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 it, they were there before, uh, but they were not. They are not no longer serving the purpose that they are supposed to be serving. So I think this is where government can start showing its hand with regards to what is strategic and what is important. Uh, what is important in this case is logistics, it's transportation, it's, it's energy, it's water, it's the ability to move goods from one point uh, to the other, and as well as you know to create a, a, a free flow within the economy to cut the red tape. So in this case, we believe that uh, the rationalization of that of those SOCs must go even far deeper because yeah. that is where a lot of uh, money is tied up and it goes into those SOCs, whether from a subsidy point of view, a grant point of view, and that money can best be utilized with regards to uh, revenue generating or at least economic stimulating projects such as the ones that are being mm. uh, prepared through, even through the infrastructure fund. Uh, uh, speaking again, the final one on the on the SOEs during the budget. Uh, sorry, it wasn't. It was um, during the debate, the Sona debate. The Minister of uh, Communications, 
um, spoke about the post office um, and also what needs to be considered, whether you get rid of the post office or whether you maintain the post office and certain offices, but then also spoke about identifying 100 offices that would be um, turned around to now become part of um, the implementation of having a state bank. But the minister didn't mention anything around that. And, and except think, to say know, that there's money that will be allocated to the post office, but not necessarily what that money would be used for. Absolutely. And I think uh, that money, to be exact, is about $2.4 billion. So if you are having a post, uh, postal services, uh, the new age uh, dictates that uh, postal services must be able to do a lot more. Uh, the, the, the South African Post Office, as it is, sits as one of uh, the national uh, uh, key points in the sense that, you know, from an information exchange point of view mm. into the country, it has to go through the post office. And really, the Internet of Things, uh, the, the whole wave of uh, the data science and all of those wonderful things is what our post office should also be looking at. And of course, uh, the fact that uh, the banking license has been stalling uh, on, uh, with regards to the post bank uh, baffles the mind. And, and the reality of it, unless if the numbers are hidden in the $2.4 billion, uh, the view is that if it's not in the budget, it's not going to happen. And I think that's what uh, the message must be. If there's anything which is not in the budget, we must just accept that it's not going to happen, and chances are that even in the MTREF, it's not going to happen. But in this case, the post office is a, is a very strategic asset, which has been reduced uh, just to uh, sending letters up and down when it has the knock, uh, when it has the uh, various you know, protocols with the rest of the world. So there's a lot more that a post office uh, should be contributing, especially in the new age. And this has been done, for instance, you know, with uh, the other post offices, whether in Germany and around the world, where they've been able to transform. So I think what we must ask for is a transformation of the post office to play into the new age. Uh, the previous minister used to talk about uh, uh, the, 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 the whole issue of information uh, revolution, yeah. uh, but now it becomes a quiet issue as, 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 as it stands. Thank you so much for your time. Mielani Horiani is a Group Chief Advisor at Ndiso Consulting Group.